Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Good morning. Well, look, I know that, that uh, first of all, I know someone is there and um, because God ordained this time for you, and I'm excited about it. And yesterday, last night, was just an amazing time being at the pastor's home uh, with his family. And even, uh, even Jules was there, the brother, sons, his sons, daughter, wife, all of them. And he said I went long, but they are wide open. They're open. They're so open to the things of God. I just love it. And I got to say that this atmosphere here, and I'll say numbers of you who are a part of the church, there may be the potential of you being used to it. But it's like I would say to some of the people, now I'm already going out there with this. Some of the people like LeBron, the athletes, who um, are not respecting the flag when the national anthem is played, I would say then, take me to another nation that's better. Show me somebody's flag in any nation that I can respect better than the American flag then. So if you, you, you become a millionaire like that, athletically, get a global brand like you're cultivated, and all those things in some other country. Just, just do that. No, this is a great country. Did it, is it a perfect country? No, but it's a great country. And then the, the rioting and all that kind of thing that's going on there to try to be enfranchised. Listen, I, I have a booklet right now that I've done on 19 economic centers that black Americans created at a worse time than anything we can observe here in the nation right now. And uh, I can give you, I can name them right out, but if you ask for it, I'll send it to you free. I'll give you the e-version of it, but that, that's not my point. I'm just saying that you are living and God ordained it. Let me just say this. If you are an American, God ordained you to be here. But let me go back further, just for a minute, just bear with me. This is just my little foretalk time. But God authored your life. And you can go to, uh, let me just go ahead with you. Go, go to John 1, just, just for a minute. Go to John 1. I appreciate, Pastor, the word out of Haggai. I, I uh, have a brand new Bible, and you already helped me with the markings. I've already started marking it up based on the scriptures you use right there because of the intensity of those words. Consider your ways. And uh, I would call, I don't know if I've ever done this at this church before. Um, I, I, I would call the name of this message, um, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> and I, I, can you say that? Say it. Say, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. You see that? And I'm just telling you, even though God brought you in the earth, you didn't come here by a decision you made before the foundation of the world. God decided to bring you here. And so here it says, in the beginning was the word, verse 1 of John 1, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning 
uh, with God. All things were made by, through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, look, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. This is powerful, powerful scripture. So this is what I want to say. God decided to bring you into the earth. So I've never really kind of said it like this, but I want to say this. Because God decided to bring you into the earth, you are sovereign. You know what that means? That means that on the basis of who God is, God made the determination to bring you into the earth to make you the culture you are, to make you the gender you are, to allow you to be in the family you are. There's something amazing about your birthright, your being in existence. Because why? God brought you into the world. So I think the great hidden secret of your life is the devil lied to you. And in many cases, people around you have been lying to you. They've never emphasized what an amazement you are. And, and if you just go back to what I just read right here, all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. That includes you. But if you go back to Genesis 1, when God said, let us make man, that's God deciding that. So you, I, I can say, come on, say this after me. Say, watch this. You are the decision that God made. Say this after me. I am the decision that God made. So my life is God's life. You got to get that. You got to get that. So, so the devil's goal is to make you think, watch this, you're only human. That you are, look, that because you are, say, um, black American or Hispanic, like this one guy said to me the other day. <laughs> he said, look, um, you go into stores now and they, they tell you, depending on the state, Put on the mask. I like my wife and I was at a mall and they have a security person walking around saying, put your mask up, you know, and that. So they hired somebody to tell you to put the mask up. So look, and this one guy said to me, how can somebody that makes $10 an hour tell me what to do? He based the value of the person on how much money they make. What? No, dude, if it's a law, if they've made it a law, you keep the, you keep the law, okay? If you want to go in the store. Now, I know people will not go anywhere where they tell them to put on the mask because they don't believe in it. They believe this is nonsense. So, okay, so they have everything sent to them. And they tip, they tip the people that deliver this stuff to them, food, everything. They're like, they're like all the way in it. They said, I'm not going to be in between. I'm all the way in it. But I want to say it's not because of how much people, the money that people make or don't make or whether you should listen to them or not. And that's kind of how the culture is. If you have a lot of money, then I should listen to you. If you don't have much money, I shouldn't listen to you. And I heard a guy talking about making money just yesterday in a seminar. And basically, his bottom line was that if you're broke, you're dumb. Because he says that if you learn how money works, how the economy in America works, how the economic system works, you can make money in America. Now, really, in the natural, that is true. And because you can't, it's information. I mean, to get a job, you go to college, you're in a field, so that's information. So if you went to college and you flunked out, don't apply for a job in that field, okay? Because they're saying you don't qualify, you didn't get the information. He's saying you are too dumb for us to hire you. Basically, that's what they're saying. So some of you have great degrees. You, you went to a great college, 
You have academic discipline, rigor, you rigor. That's what the, the so-called Ivy League school is supposed to represent, academic rigor. You did the research, you go to the original sources, and therefore, when these companies hire you, they feel like you guys, go, you got, you're the level. You're going to increase our company because you're not only going to bring what we're bringing, you're going to have something that's going to make our company better. So they're not thinking they're hiring stupid. They're thinking they're hiring smart intelligence and that you're adding to what this company is and it's going to make it better. Well, let me just say this. I'm going to say whether you have letters, whether you've gone to a great school, whether you are uh, Latino, black, any of those, I'm telling you, you are amazing because God made you. Now get that. And if you don't get that, just keep listening. You're going to get it. I think the devil's goal is to keep you dark about the creative purpose for your life. God created you, so you were created maybe in a negative circumstance, but you weren't ordained to stay there. And there are things that God has said in the word about you and the creation. Let me just break it all the way down for a minute. God has to take responsibility for the world because he made it. You can't on the one hand say God is almighty and say in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and to say that God is abdicating from that, meaning that, well, I'm, I'm not taking responsibility for the nonsense. No, even the devil himself. He made the devil a fallen angel without the favor and backing of God. Okay, at first he wasn't that. He became that. And the angels had the power of choice. So that I'll tell you this, that every angel in heaven right now, after the devil violated the choice that God gave him, which was stay in alignment with me, all the angels that didn't agree with the devil are all in heaven. So those guys are there not only because God wants them to be there, they've chosen to reject the fallen archangel, which was the devil, and to stay with God. So now the will of God and the will of angels are all one. So this is what he wants out of you. God chose to make you, and now with you being born again, you agree with God not only to be alive, but to be born from heaven. You're now saying, God was right in making me. God is right in me being black. I don't care about my pigmentation. I didn't do it. But people don't like it. Don't get mad with me. I didn't do this. That's your issue, not mine. I don't have it. God did it. But further than that, you got to be understanding that God did it. So you got an issue with God on that. See? So it doesn't matter what race you are. I'm telling you that if you know that God made you and brought you into the world, now your focus should be on, God, what do you want out of my life? He'll resource you for the reasons he made you. Whoa! I mean, I'm just saying right now. I, I'm thrilled about it. Now, what I like, I started talking about Joaquin and the family and being at his house. No, I, I, I'm a bishop, so I do know a lot of pastors. And I don't mean to offend anybody. But when I was in his gathering, I've been here a number of times, I like the way they're living out Christianity. They're not saying they're perfect, but let me tell you something. They're going after God and they're going after God hard without being negative. Now, they're not, like he's famous for this, that God, he's not trying to be a clown. This is not like some circus. But they're trying to be 
godly in every way possible. And godliness doesn't end up being sadness. Godliness ends up being joy. And so, and then I even saw they got a new addition in the family too. <laughs> and I'm not saying that brought to everybody the greatest joy, but there's flexibility there. There's standards, but then there's flexibility, meaning we want to try to make everybody fill with joy and happiness without violating biblical standards. And, and, and to tell you the truth, I like that. My son and daughters could be listening to me right now. I didn't know to create a family like that. I, I didn't. Well, it's no excuse. But I didn't know to do that. So, yes, my daughter just called me this morning. She's excited. My other son is in Eugene, Oregon. They're doing very well. They're excited. My youngest son, he's He's going to go to Jamaica tomorrow. His birthday was the 11th. And he is happy about being able to travel. And he's finally making enough money that his dad doesn't have to uh, help him out like he used to. I mean, I'm talking about these are kind of up there. But they are still not the same as what I've been able to see. Just sitting in the back, I'm just going to tell I'm telling him. I haven't even started hardly the message yet. But I was sitting back in the back there with Joaquin, and he shows me the picture of gathering all of his nieces at a dinner at his home. And he said, all of them are living this thing out for the sake of God. It was, I think, 11 or 12 of them sitting around the table. Man, I never even thought of that. But to bring your, your family, this is the nieces, around the table and say, look, they're living the standard. And they're living for God. Think of what an encouragement that is to one another. That's just amazing. So I want to say that if that is a word for you, for numbers of you, learn to gather your family. I, I, I believe you should do it for even your nephews, this, the, uh, the sons, and bring them together, just them. Bring the nieces together, just them. And, and just kind of remind them of who your family is and what the call of God is in your household. And then speak a blessing over them and and, you know, encourage them for being all of that. And you know what I've said? I've talked with a number of the elders here and the pastors here. You know, it's extending beyond his family. It, the other families are living like that, too. They're, I said to one of Jorge, George, and his wife was there, and they're, they're, they're children. I, I see they're living like that. He's a businessman, and I've seen several of the leadership here are business people. They didn't say, oh, we've come from Cuba and, and the world are against us. No, these people got education. They got it. But they got dedication is above their education. Amen. The commitment to God drives their emphasis on the natural. So their wives, their children are in alignment. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm seeing it. So I'm saying that to you who are listening to me and those of you who are part of the church, those of you on Facebook or StreamYard or whatever the vehicle that's being used, I'm a witness to this kingdom of God lived out. Now, let me tell you something. You can't, you can't bless me more than that. You, you, you couldn't. That's, that's all I want to see. Because if you transfer, and I'm going to get into it now, if you transfer the way you're living on earth, look at the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth 
as it is in heaven. So you take these people living for God on the earth and you put them in heaven. Look, there may be some things changed, but the foundation is already established so that whatever is going to be lived out in heaven, God can, what you call, put into their account. That's a Greek word, like account, count, reckon, impute. You may not be living completely like you're going to be able to uh, live in the next world, in the heavenlies, in the sense of the power demonstrated, the amazement of what you're going to be in charge of. No, you may not fully operate in all of that, but the seed of it has already begun inside of you. You are growing into the fullness of the created purpose of God. It, it's, it, has a, it was established in heaven. You are from heaven. You are a spiritual being. God, the creator, is your daddy. You are born again, and that is the acknowledgement of God as your father. Your physical body is not worthy of you because it's earthly, because of Adam's transgression. It can't live forever. This can't live. Flesh and blood cannot inhabit the kingdom of God, the heavenlies. It's made for the earth. So in reality, the spiritual part of you that's born again, this body's only a container for that. Just like the physical building we're in right now. The true body of Christ are the people who are literally in here with me. There are a number of people in here with me. This is not like all the church members. Some of them, them are home right now because of whatever. So the building only contains the people of God. The building isn't the church. The people in the building, that's the church. So the building itself could never manifest the glory that's in the people in the building because that we made, man made the building, but God made us. So the building could never be at our level, not even physically at our level because we are the handiwork from Adam of God. God made Adam, formed him out of the dust. This was the hands of God and you are the genetic seed from Adam. Made by God. So I'm telling you right now, even physically, you're amazing. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Now, the fall, sin, degradation, all the abominable uh, behavior, wars, rumors of wars, all that stuff. Through the fall of Adam, it corrupted the creation. Inclement weather, that's the fall stuff, you know. Storms, hurricanes tornadoes, earthquakes, all these things, they came because Adam fell, because God created Adam, created the earth. God did it, perfect. It was all perfect. See? The Holy Ghost was involved in it, the Godhead. I read to you now uh, there out of John 1 that Jesus Christ made it. So you had the Godhead in the creation. So I'm just saying, I said, God made man, but then now I'm taking you back. God made the heavens and the earth. God made it. He decided to make it. So it is amazing. You don't see the amazement. Why? Because Adam fell. But listen to you. I'm going to take you out there just with this. So he was made on the earth and from the earth physically, but he was spiritually from the creator, almighty God himself. So the seed of the might of God was in Adam because he made man in his image after his likeness. Now, there is a cloud over mankind that does not believe he's as amazing as he actually is. 
because sin is what covered that. Sin, death is sin. Sin, though there was a need for restrictions, law. Law came because of sin. See, law came, but God was holy. Before ever law came, God was still holy. So when he made man, he made man naturally holy. Man was holy by birthright. He was holy. I'm going to show you scriptures in a minute that says he still hasn't changed his mind about you and how awesome you are. Now, you, so think about it now. 4,000 years since Adam's transgression, 2,000 since Jesus' resurrection. He's been interceding, praying for us. So what you're dealing with is mankind living beneath the creative standard, not even realizing everything he could look at is a fallen level. Nothing he's looking at is at the level of the creative uh, ability of God from the beginning. Nothing. You can look at the sun, it's beautiful. You can look, you can go into deep as Africa, Livingston, dark as Africa. You can look at the beautiful trees, see fruit that you've never seen. You can look at the mountains, you can go up into the deserts of Arizona and look at them. I remember riding, I drove from, you know, through on Route 10, right on straight through Tucson, um, all these um, cities, major, these cities, right on straight through to Phoenix. And some of the rock formations that I was able to see uh, was amazing. I never saw them like that. The, the, the Blue Ridge Parkway of Virginia, beautiful mountains, different type of look, but going through. So it was beautiful. But look, God wouldn't call that beautiful. That's beautiful to the human eye, but it's nothing like the created ability of God from the beginning because there's a lot of transition that has made and the transitions that has happened to the earth is below the original standard because nothing can go above the creation that God made from the beginning. Since Adam was the God of the earth, he was the creator, the overseer of the earth. So when Adam fell, everything underneath his authority fell to a lower level. So no matter how beautiful Hawaii, I got a friend of mine that just bought like 20 acres in Maui. I think that's the, yes, on the ocean. And he lived in another city, beautiful house. I was in his house, 10,000, 15,000 square feet. He bought the house behind him and beside him. And he bought some trees, had them sent over from Hawaii. And then he put some running water, made it like Hawaii. And then he finally decided, wait a minute, why should I? turn Phoenix into Hawaii. Why don't I just buy some land in Hawaii? So that's what he did. Right on the ocean, kept a house in Phoenix, but built one. Right. No matter how beautiful it is. And it is beautiful. His house itself was beautiful. I mean, it's great. Look at the house, man. And so I haven't been to his, the new one that he's built in Hawaii yet. But no matter how beautiful that is, it will never be at the level of the original created earth that God made originally. You can't even, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men, the things that God has prepared. It's not going to even be close to what we're going to see in the future. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm way out there with you already. So, Father, thank you so much for the people. I just love uh, you, God. I love the people of God. I love talking to them. I, I know there are people listening and hope is being activated inside of them. Because you said that we can grow since the uh, 
the, the establishment of the redemptive story from faith to faith, from grace to grace, and then you said it, from glory to glory. Even in the Old Testament, those that found you, Lord, said that from strength to strength. You have ordained an increase even after the fall of Adam because you've never changed your mind of what you're going to do. And ultimately now, Jesus came, defeated the devil, the world, the flesh, and, and defeated death and was raised and now is seated as the God-man on the right hand of you, my father, ever waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. So, Lord, we are victors already in Christ. And we're going to live this victorious life. We're going to live it all the way out. And we bind every lying spirit that says that because we are Latino or because we are black Americans or because we are uh, French or whatever the nation, that we cannot fulfill the reason God made us. The devil is a liar. The Holy Spirit is working right now, waiting for the right words, looking at our hearts, seeing if our hearts are turned towards God. Because as he examines our heart and he sees our hearts is in alignment with God, transformation is occurring. We are being built the house of God, beautifully made by the handiwork of God. We thank you for it. Now, I cancel every assignment of the devil against your people. Sicknesses and diseases, germs, viruses of every kind, psychological babble, even a homeless kind of thinking. We break the power of that in the name of the Lord, and we say that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing of the people of God they're not in the people they come around, but they are around them. I pray they would carry a deepening sense of your presence. And when they come around, the people that don't know God or the marginal Christians, they sense the new potential by a consecrated person coming around them. I, I pray for an amazing sense of holiness. The spirit of holiness would emerge to those listening and to those in this room right now, and that, Lord, we carry the power of the world to come in a way that's tangible and real so that all things become possible. And where you give us a word, we will break the devil's power. We will spoil principalities and powers and make a show of them openly. And, Lord, where people are failing you, we will be an encouragement for them to be renewed in the Spirit of God and we thank you so much for the call of God on our lives for this day. We're, we're not afraid of, of COVID-19. It's just a name. Because you said that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess. So we declare the name of Jesus Christ is a superior name to COVID. And in the name of the Lord, viruses must bow. Just like the woman with the issue of blood bowed just by reaching out, touching him. I pray that the anointing on these, under the sound of my voice now would emerge so that people would see and hear about their anointing and they would be like the woman with the issue. If I could just even get close to these here, if I could just touch them in some kind of way, even though some of them are afraid to get around people, 
Lord, still let that anointing be amazing. Let somebody else see the anointing that's on them. And Lord Jesus, the disciples didn't see what that woman with the issue of blood saw in Jesus. And, and Lord Jesus, and when uh, he said, who touched me, they didn't see that he was carrying something beyond what they carried. They got used to him. But she said, if I could just touch, Lord, I pray that you open their eyes, that there's an anointing in Spring of Life Church, that when they go out, people see something that they can't see to anybody else. When they meet somebody from this church, they're going to find something in them that they can't find anywhere else because this church is cultivating a pe peculiarity with you. You said that we are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. So I call for the peculiarity of this anointing in this church to continue to emerge and to grow and to conquer. Like what the pastor was declaring about Miami. He defied what was said about this being the graveyard city. He declared this is the church and these are the people that is being raised up to be the light that would shine Jesus Christ so that the nations could see that this would be a city that people from around the world would come to. Oh, yeah, numbers of people are coming from South America and they're coming from other nations, Cuba. They're coming from Latino nations, but they think they're coming for Miami and the potential of what is there. They're not coming for South Beach. They're coming for the spring of life because the life they're looking for is in these people. Let this life continue to grow right now in the midst of all these other things going on. Where the media is lying to the people. Where politicians are lying to people. Oh Lord, and, and in some cases, where business people and others are lying to people. Let this be the place where truth is coming forth and emerging. And that people can come here because they will get the truth. And the truth was going to set them free. So we now declare in the name of the Lord, deliverance coming. You stay right there. Listen to this prayer. Something is happening right now. Right, stay right there where you're at right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I take my stand in agreement with what God is doing in this church. I break the power of the devil that would try to tell you you're just average, you're just mediocre, that you got to just bear the infirmity for the rest of your life. The devil is a liar. With his stripes, you are healed. In the name of Jesus, Every emotional people in your life, stress, you're delivered from it. In the name of Jesus, any kind of bondage that the devil has brought to your family line, we break the curse. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus being made the curse for you. And in the name of the Lord, receive the blessings of God. Look at me. Receive the blessings of God right now. I speak the word. The Bible says what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth, I loose you from defeatism. I loose you from the spirit of dread. And in the name of the Lord, I release into you the glory, the light, the goodness, the amazement, creative ability, and an invention anointing. Let that come upon you. Your family will not be a poor, destitute family anymore. You will arise. New ideas are coming to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Your children will not rebel. Your children will submit. Your children will be exceptional children. Yes, they will be the leadership for the generation that's present. And in the name of the Lord, they're learning the things that are permanent things you've got to know forever. 
and your children will inhabit the leadership mantle for the generation to come. I declare it. It is true. It is true. It is true. Say it is true in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. People, I just, something just happened to me in the spirit right there. And it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It is for you. Oh, glory to God. Go to Philemon with me. Uh, I'm going to, you know what? When the, when the pastor said to me that I had a lot of time, I was thinking uh, that I wasn't going to take a lot of time. I was thinking that, actually. But he's loosed it for me, so I just will go ahead on and tell you the truth while I have the opportunity. Today, uh, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So you listen for the voice of the Lord. Look, don't look for sermons. Even though sermon is a biblical topic, Sermon on the Mount. So it's a biblical term. But look, don't think about somebody preaching to you. Think about somebody giving you the truth and then receive what you, you bear witness with. And that word, no word from God is void of power. So I'm just a channel, but God is talking to you. So get your word. Say, I'm going to get my food today. So let me give you this word in Philemon, verse 4. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Look, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ. You see that? That's right up. You see that scripture there now? Look. Here's what I want to say to you. You're going to heaven. So, you're not allowed to act like your destiny is anywhere else. Come on, say it. I'm going to heaven. I'm going, I'm going to heaven. That's your destination. So, what's happening right now is you're being trained for where you are ordained to be. So what it is when he says that Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, that's talking about you're developing a heavenly mentality before you get there. But isn't that true about going to college? If you're going to go to law school, like, like some of Joaquin's sons in law school, they, they look, they, they, they're, they're already, before one of them even got out, he's, a law, he, he's already working in the law firm, the, they, they try to get both his sons right now. Why? Because they already see that the sons will benefit their company even before they can even take the exam and before they even finish. So we want you to come work with us. In other words, those sons preparing in advance for exceptionality so that the companies see. So in other words, they had the mentality for the highest level law firm before the law firm even knew about them. So I'm saying that that's exactly what is happening with you and me in Christ, that we're getting a heavenly mentality in advance of our going there. Amen. So when we get there, we'll say, we're going to say, look at here, I'm amazed by this. God says, you are becoming glorious because that's, why, that's how I'm making you and that I'm making you a place suitable for what you are becoming now. 
Do you hear me? So you're getting the information necessary to inhabit the place where you're going to go. So Jesus said in John 14, I'm going ahead of myself, but Jesus said in John 14, um, I, in my father's house are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's talking about where you're going to occupy your position of responsibility. He ain't talking about making you no natural house. Jesus didn't come on the earth, crucified, dead, and buried so you can have a house in the next world. He's talking about placement, responsibility. And you're growing in the things of God to handle the place you're going to occupy. And that's why I'm saying that God is not going to let you occupy a mediocre place when he made you with his own handiwork to be amazing. So that's why going to heaven is a destination location, but you're already heavenly before you get there. And when you grow in that mentality, you're not afraid to die because death is not negative to you because to be absent from the body is to be in heaven. Come on, say it again. I'm going to heaven. Say it. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm being made. So when you say, like, when you are forgiving, when you're humble, when you are a servant, those are the qualifications of the heavenly occupation. So when God tells you love, you know, serve, love one another, be at peace, those are, he's telling you because that's the way the people are where you're going. See? So therefore you're not contentious. You don't stay angry and mad. You don't, you know, some, you don't lust after women and all that nonsense. You marry. You treat a woman as a man amazing because the God that made you is amazing. So you become on earth what he is in heaven. You become an ambassador of his amazement in the earth. And if you mistreat anybody, you're sorry. You're so sorry for it. So he says, start talking like you're amazing. So that's what he says here, that the sharing of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Now, I'm going to go out there with you in this. So I'm going to go like strong with, with you in it, in terms of it. Now, let me solidify this with you. You are an eternal being. You're going to live forever. And God is your, actually your father. He's your dad. Now, turn to Hebrews chapter 12 with me. Okay? Hebrews chapter 12. I want you to see this. And, and, you know, while you're on your way there, stop off with me, though, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I want to give you there. So I got, I, so I got you ahead. I got you at Hebrews chapter uh, 12, but I also got you at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, let me see. And not Timothy Boone, Thessalonians, buddy. Okay. Look what it says here. And in verse chapter 4, uh, I'm going to go read earlier than the verses. Um, verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant. So just go ahead and say this. Say, I will not be ignorant. I'm not going to be ignorant. Because being made by, the, by God, 
say being made by God is not being stupid. I'm not stupid. Okay? Because Paul is saying that. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be stupid. Okay? So I agree with you. I'm not that then. That's what I'm saying. So that, so it doesn't matter how, what degree you have or don't have. You are made by God and Paul as an apostle for God is saying to the whole church of Thessalonica, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. So now, God doesn't want you to be, apostolically, you're not want to be, so you're not. Brethren, notice he's talking, so he's talking to Christians, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Now he's going to talk about the next world. So look at the context of, the, of this discussion to that church. Look at where he's going with them. So this is what I want to say to you. You got to start asking God to help you learn about heavenly things because you're going where? You're going to heaven. So you don't want to wait till you get to heaven to learn about where you're going because it won't be an attraction to you if you don't know about it. The reason that you want to go there is because you know what it's like. And the reason that you know this is not heaven because of what you've learned about heaven. This is not the level. The closest thing to heaven right now Watch, is in you. See? Paul said this, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what he's wanting is that Christ now in you would demonstrate himself through you. You hearing that? So, and that's why it says there in, uh, what, Ephesians 5, be imitators of God. Now, I don't know very many Christians who really, here, I'm reading. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. He's not talking about like babies. He's not talking about so, something that you can't do. He's saying, I'm telling you to do this because you are of God by the creative order. You, if God is your daddy, then of course you carry the nature of your daddy. But you're not well practiced in it. You haven't been told about your amazement enough. You haven't, been, you haven't understood that in, the, in you is the ability of God by the, the spiritual genes you carry. Hey, people, listen to me now. You, are you listening to me? Now, I'm going to quote this to you. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God. So if you're born again by the word of God, right, then God is your dad. So that's why Paul could say concerning the right behavior, the love behavior here, he's saying, be imitators of God. Well, why can't you? How can you imitate God? Because you came from God. Inside of you, there is an ability that is from God inside of you that's underdeveloped. Whoa! That's the reason for the Bible. The fall caused darkness and blindness to come in Adam's transgression. So then the Lord then made himself known to others of his creation and then he allowed the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then tribes to come out of that. And then he chose the people of God, Israel. He said, you were the fewest. I made you great. I put my name amongst you. Look, his name was, he, they became the people, Israel, they became the people of God. Not in the way you are. 
Because Paul goes into that too. He says, mm -mm, the people of God, Israel is not Israel. The people of God is not one naturally, but one spiritually. So the real people of God are the people born of the spirit of God. So even though the natural Jews, Jerusalem, Israel, all that, they are a visible manifestation of the intent of God where we can see what we're going to face as the church believers, the challenges all around Israel, the fact that God is preserving them with enemies around them. Well, the believers' enemies are lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. People that hate you, people that criticize you, people that don't want you to be a fanatic. They'll criticize you if you put the word of God first place in your life all the time. If you, I mean, I remember, I mean, I was right biblically about it, but when my wife asked me when we were first married, I said, do you love me? I said, totally, I love you, I'm amazed by you. She said, how, how do you know you love me? I said, because God gave me that love. Man, that was not the right answer, man. She didn't want no God answer. She wanted me to tell her all these other kind of natural things. I was still right about it. So I want to say to you, human love is not enough to make your wife amazed at you. You don't have to tell your wife you got the love of God and that's why you love, but that's what it is. What The ability of God inside of a man makes him want to do amazing things for this woman because God did amazing things for us in Christ. Even after we fall, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. So if you want your wife, you better connect with God to know how to love your wife. You can't love her without, because love is of God. But don't tell her that like that, like I did. Tell her, you know, I know that you're chosen and, that, and then tell us some of the things that really are true about her, that, that I was way underneath the standard until God let me see you and meet you, that you were principle-based. I was ghetto and gutter. See, I could tell her that. You taught me how to be responsible. You taught me a number of things about how to have the right tone and the right spirit. You taught me about serving. She did. She, she was all of that. Yeah. See? So, but I, I did, but I wasn't a slow learner, though. When I saw that, and I say, wait a minute, that stuff, everything she's telling me, that stuff is in God. That stuff came from God. So I started going to God to get this. And then I said, wow, this is good, man. So I liked it. I, I started liking, I mean, going to malls and shopping centers for, because if she likes that, I mean, what is that? So I did that. So, because you know what? I wanted to see her smile. I wanted to see her happy. I liked making her happy, see? But I hardly knew anybody else that was like that. So, okay, let's go. So, be ye imitators of God as dear children. So now, think it through for a minute now. Where is the limitation on the imitation? Come on, look at that. See that word imitation up there on your screen if you're looking at it at home? What's the limitation on the imitation? I'll tell you the limitation is your immaturity. Now, I said to you, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The Bible says that. Why, if, I'm, if I am of God, as you said, Bishop, no other Bible says it. I quoted the scripture, being born again, incorruptible seed. Now, that means you have the potential not to let anything outside of God corrupt you. Why? Because you're on the side of being an influencer. 
not being influenced. Because God and the word becomes your source, food. You are what you eat. So you are on the influential side. So I know that people with a lot of money think they're influencers. People with positions think they're influencers. Not really. Inside of these people, like I saw an expose last week on the billionaires. And there, there's said to be 3,000 of them, and it's probably multiplying. And it says millionaires like toys. They like to play. Billionaires like control. But do you know what? They're dysfunctional. Because then not only is it appropriate to be, say they're billionaires, but now the issue is now who's richer than I am? And then everybody that's not a billionaire, they want to control them. So, so you have these one-worlders, these people that think that they're in control of something. Look, the brokest Christian is richer than the richest billionaire. Why? It's the Laodicean church in Revelation 3. You think that you're rich and have need of nothing, but you don't know that you're wretched and naked. See, you understand this? They were naturally rich, but spiritually poor. See, the richness of this church is the richness of what I see in the Christocentric standard here. That's rich. That's crazy money rich. But because they're rich towards God, now here's what I would say to them. You can handle crazy natural money. So it should be easy for them to believe that God is going to make your company the top level company. That God is going to transfer crazy money to you. Because why? God puts the weight on who you are, what you are becoming, not what you have. What you are is greater than what you have. The money is nothing. Look, what you are in God, you take with you. The money you don't. The reason that you are greater is because you are permanent. The money is temporary. Fire will destroy any natural thing in the earth. But fire only brings out the perfected life you're living. That's why in the immersion, in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. You're hot for God. And when you go through the judgment, as it says in 1 Corinthians 3, you're going to be tested by the fire. And the fire is going to show your awesomeness. But the fiery trials show your awesomeness now. That's why COVID-19 is not worthy of you. That ain't no real trial for you. You're not going to die. You can't die. What do you mean? You're going to live forever. You're born again. Your natural body is going to give out sometime anyway. Why? I said it earlier. Because it's not worthy of you. It's not permanent. But the spiritual you is permanent. So the body can't hold your awesomeness. It's only temporary. So don't you ain't studying, like my mama used to say this, I ain't studying the devil. Almost nobody's calling COVID the devil. Do you think you don't have the authority being an imitator of God? It says do it as a dear child. You think as a dear child of God, you don't have the authority to tell COVID to get out of you, get away from you? He says what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. In other words, you are back, you're being backed by heaven. You tell COVID you will not come to my family. 
You, you tell nobody, my family's going to get no COVID. Why? Because God hadn't revealed to me. He says, I won't do anything but except that I reveal it to my servants, the prophets. In the New Testament, it's not foretelling. In the New Testament, it's forthtelling. So acknowledge that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. COVID is in the world, and the greater one is in you. Say it. I will not get COVID. Say it. I will not get COVID. Get no COVID. COVID is going to get out of your way. Yes, sir. COVID. Don't run from no COVID. Oh, put on your mask. Uh, keep your distance. That's stupid. <laughs> Why do they say that? Why does the media say that? Why do medical doctors who are lying to you say that? Because they don't have the answers. The only thing they know is keep your distance and put on the mask. That's all they know. That's saying, every time they say it, they're saying, I don't have a solution. But not you. Your solution is what? I bind you, COVID. You get out of here in the name of the Lord. I bind you. Look, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So I have a mind strong enough to know that COVID is of the devil and I've been given authority over the devil. So in the name of you, demon of COVID, you get out of here. Let me just give you some more. See, I'm going to give you some more. Like he says, at that name, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess. Read that in Philippians chapter Chapter 2. So guess what? Isn't COVID a name? So tell COVID, bow your knee right now to me right now. You bow your knee right now. Now you got to mean it. You can't bow your knee and then be scared to get around somebody because you think they may give it to you. Let me give you another. The Bible says lay hands on the sick. He told the disciples. One, he said you should cast out devils. I gave you that. Then he said you should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So if you lay hands on somebody that have the COVID, look, you don't give them the COVID because you don't have it. We just said that, right? They get your anointing. You're going to give them something. You're going to give them some healing. I lay hands on the sick and you recover because I carry the greater one inside of me. I am not, I don't have it. And if I lay hands on you, you're going to, and you have it, you're going to get rid of it. Be ye imitators of God. He went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, God is not just with you. Come on. God is what? In you. Let me say another thing about the name. That my name, every knee must bow. It's the people say, take the name, the name. No, wait a minute. You don't take the name. Guess what? You are the name. God is your dad. You got the name of your dad. You carry the name of the dad. Yes, sir. So therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break your power right now in the name of the Lord. Stand strong. Now look what the word says. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't believe those people when they tell you, put on the mask. Be safe. Keep your distance. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. They don't even know you. But God does. 
The Bible says, he careth for you. God has a track record. You think God is caring for you less because of COVID than what he cared for you before COVID? Some of you are praying now more than you've ever prayed. Some of you are giving now better than you've ever given. Some of you now, you know, are showing love toward people. Listen, the reason that the church has to consistently be the church is because nothing the earth provides is your destiny. Only what heaven provides is your destiny. So this is the reason. Why are there missionaries going to countries where they could get killed? I got a son over in South Africa right now. He didn't come back to America. He's from America. He happens to be black American. LeBron, call up uh, my son, Marshall uh, Grant. Look, look it up, marshallgrant.com. Find him some kind of way. And maybe he can give you some insight on how to also uh, believe God in, in a day of, of pandemics. Because somebody got to be in faith right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? So look, let me go one, one step further in this. Stop fussing about the president. Stop it. The Bible said we pray for people's in leadership. We pray for them. I mean, if you can see there's something wrong, he's an open book. The other presidents before, they were slick. They acted like they had it together while they were doing stuff behind our back. Yeah, they were nonsense. This president, his nonsense is out in the open. I mean, he says what he wants to say. He's a fighter. You know it. So you act like, what, I don't like him? Why? Well, he's, at least you know who he is. But beyond that, don't your prayers work? When God says you to pray for the people in leadership, doesn't that mean your prayers are going to make a difference? You say God would think, tell you to pray for governmental leaders and, he's, and, and it doesn't do anything? I had a pastor tell me, well, I don't know if it's going to do him any good. Well, that's, a, that's your prayer life. That's not, he's not a greater sinner than your prayer life can be if when you're praying the word. Pray the word. What, what you're praying is what should be happening in the earth. My house should be called a house of what? Prayer. You should be declaring, my whole family is preserved in the darkest day because you are the light of the what? World. If you are not the strong people, if you can't tell people, stand on the word. So first, judgment first begin at the house of God. So if you are nonsense, then the world can't get a clue anywhere else. Look at them. You know, they're, they're looking for a vaccine right now. Vaccine isn't a cure. There's never been a cure for pandemics. They only do vaccines. So vaccines give it to you. That's why they said the people that had vaccines, even flu vaccines, get COVID faster than even the other ones that never had them. Vaccines are not a cure. They don't have a cure. But you do. You have a cure. Who is he? He's the Lord thy God who healeth thee. Himself took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses, and with his stripes you are healed. You are not given a vaccine. You are healed. Let me give you another one. Since you asked it, you're almost begging for me to give you some more of this. I know you are. 
He says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. What? The glory, the word doxa. In other words, God says, I'm going to put a protection around you. The devil, so you think, see, because why? Because they say that you can't tell where you got the COVID from, see? And you can't tell who's got it. You say, well, asymptomatic people. So guess what? Guess how God answers that for you? He said, the glory of the Lord is going to get your back. That's a selah. I got your back. The devil is not going to sneak up on you. The glory of God got you surrounded. You carry the glory. So, have you found 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 yet? Okay. You usually hating me. I'm giving it. I'm giving it up. And uh, look, so I got to skip some verses now. So now I'm going all the way to verse 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Somebody shouted, I'm going to heaven. Say it. I'm going to heaven. Say it. Say it. I'm going to heaven. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving you eternity training right now. I'm giving you the training about heaven. I'm telling you the behavior conducive. Now, He's going to return for a glorious church. Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Right now, Ephesians chapter 5. Look. Come on, please. I'm there. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Look at the ability. Now, he's saying to the husband, you got the same level in you that Christ had when he gave his life on the cross. Husbands, love your wife as so you mean you, I got an ability inside of me to love my wife like Christ loved the church? Exactly. Say it. I'm heavenly, I'm heavenly. Because, I'm like Christ. because I'm like Christ. And I get an opportunity, get an opportunity. to demonstrate, demonstrate. Christ-like love, Christ love to my wife. Look out, woman. Amazement is coming. It's got to be something awesome, man. You've got to see this thing. Now, so now, let me go out there with you for a minute. I got way more right here, but let me go out there with you for a minute. When you get born again and then you get married, the wife becomes the place you prove your amazement privately and publicly in the image of Christ. You get the opportunity. So this woman marries you. And the preacher says these words over you. In sickness and in health, to death us do part. Look at this. It's a, it's a blood covenant, number one. It's a death covenant. So now you get married to this woman and you get a chance to love this woman all of your life and it's to increase day by day. Why? There's no ceiling on it. So if you ask God, say, God, you, you want me to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? Look at the key here. See, when you look at Christ's life, he came down for his father 
and he came down for us, what was for him? He was completely on the supply side. He was not about what he was getting out of the marriage. Dude, you got to get delivered from that. Sure, she's beautiful. Sure, she, she can cook lights out. Sure, uh, you, you know, you love how she submits to you and treats you and all that. Mm -mm. That's all about you. But the Bible says to you, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Look, man, you need 100% focus and ask the Holy Spirit help to demonstrate Christ-like love for his church to your wife. Here's the point of it. How you treat your wife and steward that relationship is how you would run a world. Ooh, my father. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So what's this doing? You're proving out if God lets you become the first family. Come on, get this with me right now. If you were Adam and your wife was eventually Eve, Mrs. Adam, and there was no one else, what would the earth become when your children, the union of the marriage bed, and your children would be born? Come on, get this now. I've taken you back to now. You are Adam. Your wife is Mrs. Adam or Eve, and nobody else exists. So now God says to you, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. So now all of the children born in the earth would be your children. What would the earth become? Let me tell you how God is looking at that. The same way as though you were Adam. That's exactly how he's looking at it. What, what, do you, what do you mean, Bishop? Because it's God who allowed, number one, that wife to love you like that, to submit to you. God does it. Because it says, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So it's God that gives her the heart to submit to you. It ain't your amazement, dude. It's God who gives her the heart to stay in alignment with the creative order. So you love, she submits. But both of you are doing it as unto the Lord. So let's say he was all in in his love towards you. She was all in in her submission. So guess what? God could actually populate the earth on two people that were doing exactly what God told them to do. So guess what happened when he allows conception to happen? Your children would be born of the obedience of the husband and the submission of the wife. So then you would populate the earth with obedient children that are godly because you and your wife were the godly creation of God that demonstrated that. So God then allows conception to occur, and then you have one child, then another, then another, okay, you're populating. Then your children then, look, they populate. Look at what you're talking about. Look at what would happen. So the occupation of the entire earth would be your family. Let me just say it to you now. Do you get this? 
now the population of the earth is actually Adam's family. Do you hear what I just said? And that's what it says in, in Acts 17, 26. He's made of one blood, all nations. So you can say that when Adam sins, now he not only was made in the image of God, now you got a word, your children. You sinned, you died, now your children act like children of the devil. So murder came right there. So now you are the blame, Adam. Your disobedience to God you let your wife talk to the serp, the devil. You are not deceived. Now you're bringing into the earth children that are dualistic in their thinking. There's part of them that thinks about, well, what to do right. And when he comes to, he said, Cain, who, who was it? Uh, where is that? Where's your brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? Look at his mentality. Already he's messed up in his thinking. He answered God wrong. But it's interesting that God talked to him. He still had an ability to communicate with the creator of the world one generation away. Now we got born again believers born again and they don't seem to know God's voice. God let fallen people under Adam hear his voice. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the prophets, Elijah, all of them, Moses, all these people, they weren't born again. They were created by God, and God talked to them. You are born again and don't seem to know that God's talking to you. You don't seem to know God that well. What happened? You've gone away from quickening the standard of the word becoming your reality. God is not going to let you be a counterfeit Christian. That's why he's long-suffering. So when you start meeting Christians, they got denominations. God didn't create denominations. See, the division, most of the division is in one. They are separated from God in a real way. I was talking with Jules last night. We were talking about, listen to this now. Now, Probably Pastor Joaquin would never say nothing like this. You got to take a ghetto guy like me to say anything like this. But white people generally in America don't know real fellowship because usually their fellowship is based on a precondition of what are you coming over to my house for? What, what do you want? It's not friendship for the sake of friendship. I mean, I just want to be with you. I like you. I, I just like being around you. I don't want nothing. They don't get that. So you got to want something. What are you here for? But you find that in the ghetto, even though they're ghetto, they still hang around each other. You find in the cultures, like the Latino family, they hang around. They love just being together. They're, they're, they're like, I, I was over to Joaquin's house, and Jorge and his family came over. They lived three doors. They like being three doors down from their pastor. They just came over. They, they like hanging around. What are you over for? Nobody's asking that. We're glad to have you. The, the larger white communities don't get that. Until it's drinking, now they created man caves. A man cave? And in the church, they create cell groups because even the church got to be taught that hanging out together 
is a great thing. Forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together, as some has. COVID, the church listened to the COVID nonsense and started forsaking their assemblings themselves together. And governors and mayors, well, a lot of the governors, like in your state, Florida, this DeSantis said, okay, you guys, your churches can open up. But the mayors in some of those cities saying, well, you got to wear the mask, you got to keep six feet, and I don't know. In some states, they don't want you to meet but so many people. But their church members are afraid to come together. So God said, to forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together, as some has. So listen to me, listen to me, believers. I'm talking now to even those a part of this church. Are you on the some has side? Or, because he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Or are you on the assemblings of yourselves together? Now let's go a step further. Well, I don't know, we might get it. Well, where did you get that information from? You've been listening to the news. You've been listening to politicians. You've been listening to the lying doctors who forsake the Hippocratic oath. They've, they, they, that's, they violated that. Even Christian ones, not telling you to believe God. But let's go back. So what you actually believe is that if you do what God says, which forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together, that if you actually come together, you're going to get the disease and die obeying God. That if you have the body of Christ come together, instead of coming together and being healed, you're going to come together and get sick. Because COVID negates that scripture. Forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together as some have. So except if you have COVID or the potential of getting it. See how you believe it? You got to be on the strong side of saying, no, a thousand should fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it's not going to come nigh me. No evil shall come nigh this church. That's the standard. You carry that. Now, let me just say this. So what if some, it is pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty serious business in this. That's the bishop right here. But I'm talking the word. Is it the word? I'm talking the word out of you. But let's just say you come together and some people do get it. And let's say they, like, the old people, like they say most of the old people, 55 and, and older, get it. That's what they're saying in the studies. What they've shown, though, is those under that, the ones that got it, over 90, something like 98% of the people that get it Younger, they don't die. They just get it, and sometimes they're asymptomatic. But people that are not even dying get it. But let's just say you're a Christian. You come together, you get it, you're sick, and you die. You're saying that death and life is not in the hands of God? You're saying that if you obey God, let's say you go pray for somebody that has it, you lay hands on them, you get it, you die. What would you call that, obeying God? That's martyrdom. You think that dying doing the will of God is not a good death? Look, that's how I plan on dying. Look, I'm 72. They got to make us wear these things. I'm traveling all over. I said, I'm down here. But I'm with who I want to be with, though. I, I, he showed me a video last night of stuff I didn't even know existed. The man is ahead of stuff. He, he's researching. He's looking. He's not playing around about it. Okay, let me go back with you some more since you ask. D 
This is a church that gives life. This is not a church that gives death. This is a church that even the governor and the mayor should come and get his input from this man right here. Now these people, these are qualified level people too. They're naturally qualified, but they're spiritually qualified. Tell the people to come to church. Say, look, and then tell, mayor, uh, your mayor right here in Doral. Tell the church to get together. Tell the church, you don't, whether you know it or not, dude, you need the church. Upon this rock, I build my church. The, what's the rock? The rock of Jesus Christ. The government needs the church. The church don't need the government. The Bible says in Isaiah 9, the government of the world should be on his shoulders. The degree to which you are not, as the mayor of this city, seeking advice from the church is the degree to which your city is suffering. Because you are too arrogant to seek from the church the solutions to the city's problem. This could be Doral, could be the city, the solution city that would demonstrate the glory of God that all the rest of the cities in America could be like. Because it puts the church first. The Bible says judgment must first come to the what? The house of God. That's not the church getting slammed. That's God saying, I'm looking to the church to be my example. Judgment, adjudication, how you look at things, how you deal with circumstances, how you deal with the culture, whether the culture is living right, whether the families are doing right. You get that information from the church, the servants of God, and the men and women of God. That's where you get that information from. You don't go to nonsensical people. Look at the conclusion they have for the blacks. I'm, I'm, my clothes, huh? this is it. You know what? I didn't get really that much time. Uh, not so. <laughs> it gave me a lot of time in this. But you're home, though. You're home. <laughs> so you, you relax. I had somebody tell me exactly a relatives of a certain person. She said, oh, I like this not having to go to church. Uh, I, I, I turned it on. I rolled out of my bed. I turned on the live stream. I listened to the message. I, I sing the music. And then I give online. So they do, they give online. And then I roll back over in the bed. I don't have to drag it, dress. I don't have to drive. I don't have to go to church and deal with the 40 minute drive there in a larger city. You are nonsense. And you are not who God is using right now. And COVID proved that when you went to church every Sunday, you were still nonsense. COVID didn't make you nonsense. COVID proved you were nonsense. Anybody who don't like coming together, you're not going to like heaven because heaven is where you're caught away in the great communion of the church. And he says, you're proving in the earth that coming together is the prize of Christianity, that the greatest place to be is with the saints of God. You can't find a better place. Glory to God. Man. Slamming church. And let me just say this. I've said it to some of my leaders, so I'm saying, so here I am, the bishop now. So I'm telling you the truth. So you listen to the news people before you listen to me? 
I mean, look at your marriage and your family. Look at your children and your family. Look at your husbands having gotten in line. Look at your wives submitted. So now COVID coming, all of a sudden you can't listen to me? In the primary areas of life, I've given you the word of the Lord, and you've got a great family, great children. You have great ministries. I've prophesied of you. And a stupid COVID comes, and you don't listen to me? You're proven that, look, let me tell you what this COVID really is like. I'm, this is, I'm, I'm closing down now. This is it, okay? But the 666, the mark of the beast, you got to say this is at least similar to that. Why? Because if you don't have the mark, guess what? You can't, you can't get food, you can't buy, you can't sell the restrictions if you don't have it. Now, if you don't have the mask, you can't come into my store. Whole Foods, Costco, all these restrictions. Um, Bass Pro Shop, I'm calling you all out. You don't care about the people. You care about the money. So instead of you being principle-based, you are afraid of losing your customer base. So you'd rather get the money and forsake the scriptures. Even some of the mainline companies that I know. Look, I, I know I knew Stuart Caffey before he died. I, I know Dan Caffey. I know Bubba. Open up your shops, man. Send some of your students that's learning biblical worldview to be in there for scared people that will come in there and eat and they pray over them. How about playing Christian songs inside, the music inside there? Take some of those praise and worship teams, put them on the outside of Chick-fil-A. And let them ride up to there. Come on, you're a Christian. It's not just for the church. Take them out there in the world. And look, and where they're still riding, send the singing groups out there. Yes, the great musicians. Let them play out there. Play the Christian music. Sing Christmas songs right now. Tell Amy Grant. I, we listen to Amy Grant's Christmas music. The girl is a killer singer, though. Even though she, you know, I know she has some issues, but she's, she's forgiven, okay? And uh, so just whatever, okay? Ghost killer. But, but Amy, hey, Eddie James, you are doing it. You are my son. You're doing it. Go out there where they're doing the writing. The services at night, you know, over there, Rodney Howard Brown, his night services, you sang there. So take your group, have them dance, do their steps, and you sing right out there where the rising. Go where the darkness is and let the light shine. Make an altar call. That's where the new revival. The new revival is when you move into where the people are gathering and don't change your standards and your message. Go where it's at. I'm calling you right now. I'm asking you. I, I got lots of other scriptures, but I'm just going to go ahead on and pray for you right now. I pray for you. I, I believe in you. I did pray a long prayer when I first started. I'm telling you, you are amazing. And you're going to heaven. I just want to get you to be like heaven before you get there. Okay? There, God's going to, he's going to, archangel is going to blow the trumpet for you. The, God is going to bring you up with a shout. You think, you think God isn't blessed by you? The shout, the archangel, the catching you away. This is not, this, no, the Oscars, uh, a Grammy, it, none of the things on the earth, winning a golf tournament, a major, that ain't nothing. 
the great crescendo, the great excitement is the great catching away where God is going to create a circumstance, an environment like never anything has ever been seen. Thundering and lightning and everything. Archangels, millions and billions of them like, all because you are saved. All because you're born again. Now, if you're not born again, you're listening to me. You're not used to being screamed at. I didn't mean to scream at you. I'm really kind of a nice guy. I meant to like talk with you, come and be intelligent about it. Okay? Go to wellingtonboone.com uh, and you can get some books that are a lot quieter if you read them. Okay? <laughs> yeah, but right now, I'm passionate about this. I want you to be a champion for the Lord. And that's the point of it. I want God to point you out. He says, you confess me before men. He's talking about the way you live. That ain't just talking. I'll confess you before the angels. I'll confess you before the, God. He's pointing at you. The angels, in Hebrews 12, it says, you're encompassed by the general assembly and church of the firstborn. They're looking at you. You think the glorious church has a mask on? That's the glorious church? You think the glorious church are afraid to get around people? That, that, that's the glorious church. No, that's not you. That is not you. Say it. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. And I won't have a mask on. Anointing on your life. I pray for that anointing now, Father, to rise up large in every person listening to me. And I, I pray for their, their hurting. Some of them, they, are, they do feel afraid. They are afraid, Lord. So I'm asking you, God, take the fear away, the feeling of fear. They're not really, they're not really afraid. It's just the feeling of fear. It's just the stuff they listen to. These are champions for you. I declare their boldness. I declare a new anointing over them. I declare their strength will emerge. And I thank you for everyone. I particularly bless these here. And I thank you for the witness. And Lord, I'm asking, I've asked this man of God to come to some of the churches whose pigmentation is hue, is black, and take this message of what is a man. Because the father is missing in the black community. But this man of God has the message that will restore the black race. And so, Lord, I ask him, you to use him to not only reach where he's being celebrated in the, in the Latino world, but now to take this message to the inner cities. And Lord, I'm asking you to show me the places that you should go. So, Pastor Boots, if you're listening to me, I want you to get in there and get the men to, to the, 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 the Pastor Bishop Mason, if you're listening to me. Uh, Crudup, if you're listening to me. Henry Joseph, if you're listening to me. If you're listening to me, if you're listening to me later, get this message. Get this man to your city and, and, and his team and let him restore. I'm saying, uh, Bishop Harry Jackson, if you're listening to me, you got to get Joaquin to your city. You, you know I've always loved you. Get him to your city and get him to come there. He'll restore the men and therefore the families will be, like I'm telling you, the amazement thing that is here. Bishop Hunt, get him over there. Get those men together. I'm telling you, Liza, in your church, get those men together in your church. There. Numbers of you, if I didn't call you out, Thornton, get the men together. Get Joaquin there. Numbers of you, Bishop Mallet, get those men in Wisconsin, get those together. Get them together. Let this man come. There will be a restoration and a manifestation of both in the men and the families. Because 
I've seen the manifestation of it right here. In a real way, this is no counterfeit thing. Businesses will increase. People will get creative ability. There will be a new discipline. It'll happen. In the name of the Lord. Bishop Ferguson. Even Henry Joseph, if you get him over to Malawi, where the president is there, you get, get in there. There. In the name of the Lord. Thank you, for Father. Glory to God. And Father, every name that I didn't call out, open up those places where you said not many wise are called, not many noble are called, but you've called the base things of the world to confound the wise. Let this man of God be sent where he would be received and he can bring it with the passion you've given it to him. And we'll see transformation occur around this nation and even more. Oakland, California, Steve and Portia, bring him. You, you, if you get, get this message over there. Hey, look, over there in Phoenix, Arizona, there with Brian Pace. Brian, get him over there at the river. Get him over there, over there. Come on, in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much, God, for doing this. Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. God bless. I see y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this provision. Now, we say this often here at Spring of Life Fellowship. Whenever ministry takes place, it's like uh, opening a fire hydrant, the provision God sends over us. So these messages cannot be listened to one time. Your meditation on these words and, and just listening and letting... The spirit of this man of God come upon you and to cause you to be transformed. The Bible says it was, we behold him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed from glory to glory. So you need to listen to this message many times over and ask the Lord to, to bring it down from your head to your heart to your spirit. And then allow the wellspring of the blossoming and flourishing of that to take place. Um, we're asking the Lord to keep Bishop here for he's going to be his birthday. And, and we celebrate life in this place real big. We're asking him to stay for another week. But uh, we're going to leave that. And the first lady, Catherine Boone, has says, sounds like that's from the Lord. So we're, we're praying that he'll be with us next week. And uh, we'll just leave it up to the Lord. Uh, you stay tuned. Uh, what has happened here this morning is a prophetic utterance uh, of time and place. We don't watch Fox News. We don't watch CNN. We don't watch the local news to determine. Uh, we set the climate and the atmosphere for God to come into the city and to show forth his glory. So we, we toe the line. We're in the trenches. We're in the front lines proclaiming the word of the Lord. And so... Uh, let's just see how God plays it out day to day.
uh, we, we have our radars up into the heavens and asking God to download in this place the things we need to equip us. Now, you just heard Bishop talk about all these cities that require an end-time move of manhood, of fathers, of sons, of daughters, of family. If you don't do family right, you can't do heaven right. If you don't do family right, if you're dysfunctional in family, that means you're a rebellious son, you're a disobedient daughter, you don't give honor to the family God put you in. You celebrate other things and other places. Uh, but family is the, the place of prosperity. And the Bible says that it's, it's like bringing somebody out of prison. You can't be selfish in family. You have to lay down your life to love your wife, lay down your life to love your children, lay down your life to serve those who were there before you even thought about getting on your own. So it's ludicrous that you sat there and you ate so many meals and you had so much clothes and so much covering and so much goodness. And then when you're ready to be an adult, you come against that place. That's ungodly. That's demonic. That's at the level of Satan. So you're not to lift up your throne above the throne of God. You're to submit. And that's the example we have in Christ. Because he obeyed even to death and death on a cross, God exalted him and gave him a place that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. So in your submission and in your obedience and in your faithfulness, that qualifies you for the next level of God's call on your life. Father, thank you for what you have done today at Spring of Life Fellowship. Father, from the first day we met here in 1998, 30, uh, 23 years ago, you said that you would provide this house faithful men. Father, we don't want to be faithful because we're in the limelight. But as a man acts when no one is looking, that's his real character. When no one is looking at him, what he does proves the integrity of his heart. So we pray, Father God, that the men you've put in this house to change the world, that are leading by example by being faithful husbands and fathers and family and finance and walking in faith and being a part of this vision. We pray that you continue to prepare them for the coming season of revival upon the land. For this is the season that the fire has come to test what every man is building with, Lord. And if what is, remains is ashes and there's nothing there, then it wasn't gold and silver and precious stones. It was just hay, wood, and straw. So we pray to give us building materials to be able to raise up uh, the character of men that will change the world, the virtue of women that will honor their husbands, and the honor of children that will honor a family of faith. We glorify you and we give you thanks. We pray, Lord, and put the next week, the next seven days in your hands that we might have peace, Lord, that we might have joy, that we might have refreshing in your presence, and that Bishop might come into age 72 with great encouragement, with great provision, and, and just amazing uh, uh, insight and wisdom, Father God. Uh, yet this administration, through Ben Carson and President Trump, Lord, as the elections approach, Lord, let them gather themselves around wise men who understand the ways of God upon the earth. 
and that we who have been destined to fill the earth with your glory, that all things, Father God, upon the earth that are dark, let us arise and shine and cause your light to be bright in these last days. Like a city on a hill, Father God, we pray that the church would be prominent, would be influential, and would hold the standard of what you are desiring upon the earth, Lord. Your bride, glorious, radiant, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, without stain, in the midst of all the chaos and confusion. In Jesus' name we pray and we bless you in the house of the Lord. We'll be back at 12 noon in our Spanish service. Um, it obviously will be translated unless the Lord gives Bishop Boone uh, a, a special anointing in Spanish. God bless you. See you at 12 and see you on Wednesday at 7.